0: So I wanna uh, just quickly recap uh, what I talked about last Sunday morning. How many people have listened to last Sunday morning's message, okay, just a quick recap. Really encourage you to go either and watch it on YouTube or listen to the podcast. Uh, I really shared around four simple ideas, all right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna re- recap them right now. Then we're gonna go into some of the, the thoughts here uh, tonight to help us. So number one, sex is God's idea and it's awesome. That was first point, number one. Now you have to help me out here tonight. You can amen as we go. All right. How many married people have we got in the room tonight? All right. Just, all right. Stay with me. Let's go. All right. That's that's number one. God created it. He put all the bits together. It's His idea. It's awesome. Number two. Number two. The devil wants to distort the truth about sex. So God created it as a, a, a gift to us, but the devil wants to uh, rob us and destroy us. He wants to he wants to mess with us. The Bible says the pure in heart will see God, and at, his, at its very very core, the devil wants to mess with your perception about sex to block you from a great relationship with God. That's the very core of it. Uh, but then there's so many other things around that. Uh, we just shared this thought that your first explanation, exposure, or experience around sex becomes often the foundation of your worldview. It gets seared into your subconscious. And so if that's uh, at, at a very young age, as many people have, we can get this concept that sex is a secretive thing, that it should be hidden and dark, that it's shameful. Maybe it's disgusting or women are an object for my pleasure. And the enemy's trick is to arouse a secretive sexual lifestyle at a young age, because then it's hidden and bad things go on behind the scenes that we get a thrill from, but draw us away from the true gift of sex. All right. That's number two. Listen to the whole message. I'm just recovering some ground. Number three, sex is more than skin on skin. Sex is not just a physical act. It's also emotional and it's spiritual. And so you'll find that that when people go, "Oh, no, it's just physical. It's just, it doesn't, you know, that's all it is." Actually, it's not true. When you the Bible says two become one, they become one flesh, one soul, one spirit. Therefore, uh, the, who, whoever you sleep with, there's a bridge between your soul and their soul. You get their issues, they get your issues. You give part of yourself away with every time you sleep with someone and there's a spiritual connection. All right. Number four is just in the recap, sex is like a fire. Now I love a good fire. Come on, somebody. Who, who loves a good fire? Fire's fun. Fire warms things up. Fires can create electricity. All right. But fire can be destructive. Fire can burn houses down. Fire can destroy lives. And so if, if uh, the, the way that fire works is within a boundary if there's an appropriate boundary, then the fire can do what it's supposed to do. It can warm things up. Nothing like a a potbelly stove. That's that's a boundary. Even even in a furnace works, there's a boundary that keeps people safe. As soon as sex has no boundaries, it becomes destructive and dangerous because it is powerful. All right. And so when sex loses the boundaries that God created it to be fulfilled in, which is marriage, this is what happens. Brief pleasure produces devastation, broken hearts, divorce, single parent homes, disease, abuse, an inability to trust, anxiety, self-loathing, isolation, numbness, and coldness to God. When sex loses the boundary that God intended it to be, that's the sum of the results. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, tonight, As we go through this very important topic, I ask Holy Spirit that tonight would be a night where truth would set people free. Lord, I ask that tonight would be a night where healing comes to hearts that have been broken. I ask, Lord, that you'd help us to get onto your page, to not try and adapt you to our own wants and desires, but to actually align with the way that you've created. Lord, where there is brokenness, where there is pain, where there is damage, where, where sex as a fire has caused pain in people's lives, Lord, I pray that tonight would be a night that hope comes. That things can change, that things can be healed, that you can help us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Amen. All right, I read this scripture in my Bible reading this week, Psalm 119, uh, verse 9, and it says this How can a young person, how many young people we got in the house tonight? All right, and a few wannabes. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Everybody say, The path of purity. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. So I want to talk tonight about the path of purity, okay? Or I want to talk about, a. I think what the title of the message will put it up there was. What did I call it? I can't remember. It's going to come up any moment. Something about purity, the purity pathway. Uh, That's all right. It's coming. Uh, I want to talk about a purity pathway. Now, here's here's the whole idea about walking on a pathway. uh, There it is, the purity pathway. Walking on the pathway to purity is it's you never arrive. Purity is not, oh, I made it. Now I'm pure. Purity is a pathway. Purity is a journey. Purity is not a moment because I've known good people who have fallen or stumbled off the path of purity and in a moment destroyed things that they'd kept sacred for years. So purity is not like, oh, phew, if I come out on the altar call and you pray for me, I'll be pure. No, purity is a lifestyle. It's a daily choice. It's an hourly choice. It's a journey that God wants you and I to go on. The Bible says that those who are pure in heart will see God. So living pure will help you in your relationship with God. Now, I've got a couple of little photo. I'm going to put up here. I reckon this is what the purity pathway looks like a little bit. If we can put this next, this next photo up, that'll be great. Uh, well, not that one, but that's all right. The one before that. Not that one either. The other one. That one. All right. you stay with me. Stay with me. All right. That's what I reckon the purity pathway looks like. You get a little close to the edge and it's dangerous. All right, now the the next one though, the one where, uh, just put one up and I'll tell you if it's the right one. The next one, let's go to the next one, one of the ones we just showed. That one. Often that's really what the purity pathway looks like. Where you're literally, oh my gosh, how am I going to hang on? Especially if you're dating. The purity pathway looks a little bit like that. So I want to help us a little bit around that. Because if you're young with raging hormones, or you're old with raging hormones, Uh, now, now that I, I talked last week that, that guys on average think about sex about 19 or 20 times a day, girls about 10 times a day, something like that. Uh, I've heard some ladies say to the guys, you just all you do is you think about sex, you must be a pervert. I just want to break it to you. That's just normal. <laughs> Thinking about sex is normal. It doesn't mean you're a pervert. Come and help me out someone right now. All right. <laughs> It just means you're a human with raging hormones. All right. If you get horny, that's, that's normal. That's what God created you, a sexual being. However, I want to say to you that it's possible to live a sexually pure life. It's, it's possible to live a, a porn-free life. It's possible to marry your best friend as a virgin. Okay, it's possible. And that's God's best plan for you. The greatest gift that you can give your future marriage partner is your virginity. To enjoy a sexual adventure together or discovery and enjoyment for life, a journey you go on, that's the greatest gift that you can give to your marriage partner in the future. And everybody said, Amen. all right, 1 well, Peter chapter 2, verse 11, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. The purity pathway is a war. It's a battle. There's, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a daily battle. Don't think it will come easy. Don't think, oh, that, that guy's pure just because he's just a saint. No, no, no. It's a choice and a battle. All right. Uh, now, so I want to just recommend two books for for everybody, but t- particularly young people. First one is Every Young Man's Battle. Uh, I just highly recommend every guy reads this particular book. The second one is Every Young Woman's Battle. Uh, both of these books I would highly recommend to, to read if you're between probably 14, 13, 15, and 30. Read those, and then there's an Every Man's Battle or an Every Woman's Battle equivalents. Just highly recommend that you educate yourself. Because if you're gonna be in a battle, you've got to actually know how to fight. And so you've got to equip yourself and so just educate yourself. So firstly, let's talk about pornography. Okay, right, we went there, didn't we? Number one strategy of the enemy to distort your sexual perspective and distort your, uh, your idea of the way gr- God created sex is pornography. Uh, years ago, we would talk once a year at the men's retreat about porn. It's like, you know, because that was years ago. Porn used to be something that you had to actively pursue. You had to go to the store to buy it. It was just something you had had to pursue years ago. But now you don't have to go after porn. It goes after you. TV. TV. Social media, including Instagram, movies, music videos, billboards, everywhere you look, you will be bombarded with a sexualized, uh, sexualized content in our society. You don't have to go look for it. It will chase after you. Yeah. The porn industry is a $100 billion plus industry, one of the largest industries in the world. They have a specific strategy to target 11 to 13 year olds to trap them and hook them on sex so that they can become paying customers in years to come. There is a, uh, it's like a specific outrage against you to trap you. Uh, If I just was to define what pornography is, pornography is everything from partial nudity to to explicit sexual acts that excites you sexually. Uh, For those who are parents, your kids are are going to see something sexually, uh, some sort of porn at some point. Just have the pre-talk and tell them this: when you see it, I want you to tell me it's not your fault. I want you to get it in the open. If your friends show you something at school, it's okay to walk away from it. To get it into the open as soon as you possibly can is a great strategy. Now, here's the thing. I was told as a, uh, when I was growing up in a Christian environment that porn is disgusting. And then I talked to people and like, actually, no, it, it, it turns me on. It's not disgusting. I, I, I thought it was supposed to disgust me, but it actually gets my engine running. Why is that? Well, that, well let me explain that to you. When, when a person sees pornography, an explicit sexual act or nudity, uh, this is what happens. In your brain, there is a release of dopamine. It's a chemical release. It will give you an instant zing. That doesn't mean you're a pervert. It just means you're a human. That instant zing is the natural response of everybody. So some people, some younger people can see something and go, oh, that type of thing turned me on. That must mean that's the kind of person or sexuality that I have. No, it's just natural that you'll get the zing. It's natural that you'll get your motor running. You'll get wired. They say that the release of dopamine happens when when someone has cocaine. Same thing. It's a drug. It's a, it's a hit that you can get uh, through a drug. And here's the problem with, with pornography. That hit is addictive. It, it feeds something in you that you can, you can only refeed by going back and seeing more and going back and seeing more and going back and seeing more. Like cocaine, it will draw you into a lifestyle with lies. The problem is that it'll end up being not just addictive, it'll, it'll be manipulative and destructive. Christian and secular research. Let's just talk about the facts rather than, oh, well, it's okay if I watch it as long as no one gets hurt. Let's talk about what research is showing us, both secular and Christian. Number one, pornography diminishes sexual enjoyment. The overwhelming data, if you want to have a good sex life when you're married, then pornography is actually against that. It will come in between you and having a great sex life. It will, it will actually, pictures and images will get between you and a real person because the greatest sex is all about emotional and spiritual intimacy and physical intimacy. But those pictures will get between you. So pornography is proven to diminish sexual enjoyment. There's a number one reason to not. Uh, number two, it distorts sexual reality. It objectifies women. Over 80% of porn includes some level of aggression, uh, which is the opposite of building intimacy in a relationship. Uh, It it projects something that's fake, that's paid for, that's acted out, that's not realistic, that will set you up for comparison and will actually set you up for disappointment. Okay, now the problem is when you become addicted to pornography, which is very normal because of the dopamine that gets released. So it's, it's not like I'm a bad person. This is just very normal. Here's what happens. Uh, your ability to get aroused sexually from something apart from pornography decreases. So right now there's an there's epidemic of young men who actually get married but are down in the basement with the, with, the, with the internet because even though their wife's there, they can't get turned on with their wife because of the addiction of pornography. Okay, being real, aren't we? Number three, porn porn use, this statistically increases depression, loneliness, and anxiety. Number four, porn lowers brain activity. It actually dulls your ability to enjoy life. It reduces your ability to take risks in life because you get dulled. And it ultimately, it kills true love. Love is intimate, it's personal, it's motivating but porn leaves you lonely, empty, dull, and guilty. The devil will try and suck you into it, making you after that hit, that's gonna make you feel good. And then straight away, as soon as you do, he'll be pointing the finger at you. You're guilty, you're a loser. That's the cycle of porn. Now I want you to know tonight, because I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands and I'm not gonna ask for an altar call right now, but I know there'd be a range of people who are dabbling in and others who are addicted to, and I want you to know you can get free. You can, it might take a little while, it might take some focus, but you can get free. Your step number one is to confess to God. Your step number two is to find a a connect group leader or a pastor and just sit down and say, I I wanna deal with this, I wanna get it in the open because you can't beat it alone. All right, so I wanna give you five things. I'm, I'm I'm in like, let's go mode here. To stay on the pathway of purity, are you ready? You can write these down. Five things, number one is this, it's the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 9. We started with this. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can an old person stay on the path of purity? Same way. By living according to your word. Psalm 119 verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now this is crazy, but this is real and it's powerful. The Bible Bible is alive and active. It's a lot. If you can get that Word in your heart, it becomes an antibacterial repulsion of sin. It just keeps you that way. I found for me, I learned this when I was a teenager. I'm really glad someone told me the power of the Word of God. And I memorized three Bible verses. And for many of my young, unmarried years, I would speak these Scriptures almost daily. And it would be those that one I've said, how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to your Word? Memorize. Just it over. You hit a temptation situation, the Holy Spirit brings that thing back to your mind. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then Job said this, it's Job 31 verse 1, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. I would just memorize and say those scriptures over and over again. If you want to get free from pornography, you want to live life God's way, then I'd say the Word of God memorized, treasured in your heart, will become a shield against sexual sin. All right, that's number one. Turn to your neighbor and say, that one was for you. Oh, here we go. Number two. Come on, don't pretend. No, don't go pretending in here. Everyone's got it all together. Number two, confession. Confession. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. If you cover up your sin, you'll never do well. If you cover it up, you'll never do well. But if you confess your sins and forsake them, you will be kissed by mercy. The first step to breaking impurity, the first step to breaking the addiction of pornography, the the first step to breaking an affair, the first step to getting out of an illicit relationship is to confess it to somebody else, a leader, ideally. Don't just try and forsake it. Don't just try and do the willpower thing. I can can beat this myself. It won't work. Confess and forsake, get it into the light. I've I've said this statement a number of times. I wanna say it again. We're only as sick as our secrets. So if it's pornography, confess it to somebody. If you've had an affair, Confess it to someone and get some help. If if you had sexual activity before your, the relationship you're in, make sure you're real about it. Maybe maybe you're a young couple. You got pregnant. And you had an abortion, or you're a single. You had an abortion, and you've carried the guilt of that. Confess it to someone. Uh, young adults, Josh and Shekinah, young adult pastors. Just make an appointment. Go and see them. Talk to them about this. If you were sexually interfered with as a child, uh, whether it was by an adult or by a peer, it, it has it leaves a mark on you. Find someone, confess it and get professional help if you need. Confess means get it into the open. It's the doorway of the light of God coming. I remember a young man with fear and trepidation in our church years ago saying, I need to have an appointment. And we went down, we sat at the beach, we had this appointment and and, and he was just, he was so... He was wetting himself with fear. Oh, this is gonna be—you're gonna hate me. You're gonna kick me out of the church. And he's just like, I just got to let you know. For the last eight years, I've I've been addicted to porn, and and it, and, and I, You know what? I initially I just laughed, in a nice way, because no, I'm telling you what. I'm like, dude, welcome to welcome to manhood. This is an issue that many guys will struggle with. Don't be, don't be bad about it. Don't feel bad about it. And then as we prayed and we brought it before God and began a journey of Him getting set free, get it into the light. Don't let the devil make you feel guilty about it. All right, that's confession. All right, doing good. Number four, change channels. Change channels. What do you mean? Well, th- th- there are things that we can watch and listen to that will either motivate and inspire us to be more like Jesus, because that's the goal, or there are other things that will draw us back away from Jesus. And so some of, some of the things is just quite simply as simple as unfollow. I'm not going to follow that person on Instagram or, or, or Facebook. Or what about blocking someone from your past who keeps trying to hit on you? Just block them. Don't. You're playing with fire if you don't. Uh, What about deleting some songs off your Spotify list? Oh, no, Pastor, you're getting really practical. Well, if if it's getting your engine going and drawing you in the wrong direction, it's not worth it. Jesus talks about cutting things off if they cause you to sin, but I'm not going to go there right now. Let's just be hardcore. Let's just be hardcore we're changing channels. <laughs> I did have a guy one night when we were talking about, we're going to put all the, the things in the wheelie bins. We had them at the front of church. We're going to put things in the wheelie bin that have caused us to stumble and books and magazine. And he's like, well, there's this one thing that really causes me to stumble, but I don't want to cut it off. So I'm like, okay, let's not do that. That's taking scripture too literally. <sighs> Keep going pastor. That was bad. Okay. All right. For, for us before we watch movies, we go onto this app called IMDB and there's a sexual content component. And it just tells you at what level of, and if if it's anything from moderate, we're like, we're not into it. We're just not going to watch the movie. It's not worth it. And that means there's so many awesome series that we don't get to watch, but that's okay because staying on the pathway of purity is way more important to me than watching what everybody else is watching. Change channels, and, and listen to and read things that motivate you to be more like Jesus, like that, those books we're talking about. Okay, number four is boundaries. Now I, put, I had a photo here before and the pathway of purity, it will work if you've got, if you've got some fences around. So sometimes the problem with a person in terms of, is it, not that they stumbled, it's just that they got too close to the edge. So if you can move away from the edge, you're less likely to fall off the edge. If you can put some boundaries in place. I remember a pastor telling me about a young man who came to see him back in the days when you had to find porn and he would walk past a news agent with porn every day on his way to work. He's like, and it just sucks me in and I can't resist it. And so the pastor just said, oh, why don't you just walk a different way to work? Like, oh, that's good. That's, That's a boundary. So rather than trying to willpower yourself past that thing, just don't go past it. So rather than try and not get sucked into certain things, so I'm talking to some couples right now, and you're determined you're going to, I'm trying not to look at eyes here tonight. You're determined that that you're like, we're going to marry as virgins. So so how do we do that? Will you put some boundaries in place at the start? You have the conversation. We want to marry as virgins. Okay, that's awesome. Does that mean we're going to do everything we can right up until the edge of that? Or are we going to just say, well, hey, there's some things that we, that they're not, it's not sex, and it's not impure. But if we go there, the engine's going to start running. And if you're a human being, once it gets going, it's hard to stop. Yeah. Come, on. Come on, somebody, don't go looking at me like you're all pure and full of, full of self-restraint. So what, So that might be as simple as when you're dating, just having the conversation. Well, we're not going to touch anywhere covered with underwear. Right. okay, but, but that's not sexy if I touch there. I know it's not, but it's the slipping slope all the way down. So just leave it alone. Get your hands off at Daryl, as, as, we, as we say. Some people, I'm trying to help somebody here tonight. All right. Some people, you're like, okay, if we don't do that. So then if you cross that boundary, you can just go, oh, flip. Let's stop. Quick, you feel bad and you reset boundaries. Rather than, oh, flip. Uh, okay, some people's boundaries, we just don't, we stop hanging out when we're, when we're a couple at 10 at night. This is like, well, you go home, and I'm going home, because this isn't going to end well. That's just a good boundary. I'm not saying rules you've got to put, you just got to work out what's for you. And if you've already been sexually active, and you're trying to now do this God's way, your boundaries are going to have to probably be a bit stricter. Uh, I've, I've talked to people like we're never gonna be in the house alone or a room alone. Is this too tempting. I, I had one couple who just said, the car's the danger place for us, so we're not gonna drive anywhere alone. And that was very inconvenient for them. But that's just, okay, no mental pictures, keep moving along. Boundaries, guardrails. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Just run. Run. Don't hang out there. Don't try and test yourself. You're not that strong. None of us are that strong. That fire is powerful, baby. Put some boundaries in place. Turn your other neighbor and say, that one was for you. (sighs) All right. Last point. Last point. Here we go. 2 Timothy 2.22 goes on and says, so if I'm running from anything that stimulates youthful lusts, I'm going to pursue righteous living the pathway of purity, faithfulness, love, and peace. I'm going to enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. All right. So I'm not just running away from something. I'm going to hang out with a group of people who are determined to seek God, to honour God, to love God. If porn isolates you, then the opposite of that will be hanging out with Christians. It'll be getting to connect group. It'll be going out for meals. It'll be spending time with people. And what's on, people rub off on you. It'll be finding one or two friends. This is all you need. And not your your girlfriend or boyfriend. Uh, not your, your spouse, but just someone you just go, I want to live pure. Can you keep me accountable? Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, two are better than one. They get a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. So we all need one of those kind of friends. Who'll just, and I had some friends for years and they'd just say, we'd meet together every week. Have you been? What have you watched? What have you looked at? And you're like, there'll be a time when you're like, oh, that's so, I'm tired, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. I could be tempted to do this or watch that. And then I'm like, yeah, but I'm gonna have to confess that. I'm not gonna do it. That's powerful, the power of accountability. Or if you do, it's actually good to confess it and break, the, and break it. I wanna, I wanna just encourage some people today. Some of you are like, well, what if I stumble? Well, here you go. If you watch porn for one day, just make a determination. It's not gonna be two days in a row. Or oh, one, two, no, not two days in a row. If you're watching for two, just determine that's not gonna be three. If you stumble, just get back up again, get back on the pathway, talk to someone who you're accountable to and believe God together. Are we doing all right here tonight? All right, that's five things to help us walk pure. Number one, the Word of God. Number two, confess. Get it out in the open. Number three, change channels. Be practical. Number four, put some boundaries in place. And number five is get some godly friends who will help you in this journey. Can we give the Lord a clap right now? I'm gonna invite my beautiful wife.